Hello. Thanks for coming. Let me just see your ticket. Ah, yes. You're here for Kat Chinetti, a.k.a. Kit Kat Kitteridge, a.k.a. the mother of rapids, a.k.a. the Tyler Durden of the DM. Or are you here for the Mark Robb, a.k.a. Sean Madlove, a.k.a. Gordon Darks, a.k.a. Thanos, the Titan of Typos? Either way, you're in for a ride. Oh, and who am I? Why, I'm the one who put these two crazy kids together. I'm Hanson Bain, a.k.a. the compelling protagonist of Isla Powell Claim, a.k.a. the problematic problem solver, a.k.a. Abel Magwitch of this podcast shit. Welcome to the show, and be sure to tip your waitress at K-A-T-H-R-Y-N-C-H-I-N-E-T-T-I on Venmo. Enjoy the show. bullshit did I get up to today um <laughs> I voted because it's super Tuesday uh and this is my sacred purpose uh <laughs> listen it's my probably my last chance to vote for a woman this year yeah I'm looking at those numbers for Warren and the the jig is up like she's not even in like three of the six states I saw she couldn't even get past Bloomberg, which is a fucking joke. Like, there's no way you should think that Bloomberg is a better candidate than her. But Bloomberg she's a- is from my town, and I hate him. Oh, I was gonna say you should hate him. <laughs> but, but, um, yeah, man, it's, I thought she was gonna do, I thought she was gonna do better. I didn't think um, she would do better than Bernie or Biden, but I thought she would, like, hands down do better than fucking bloomberg but these these americans that's that's i think that's going to be the theme between now and january of 2025 Mm -hmm. just these these americans dot 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 yeah honestly yeah man also i'm like very quietly listening to the soundtrack for wendy in the background right now because (laughs) I don't like we'll talk about that movie in in our new at least temporary segment uh but I oh that soundtrack fucking slams like it is <laughs> so good and I am honestly surprised I was like listening to it while writing the review and being like I'm there it's a problem the listeners can't see you, but you did a very beautiful dance just now. They do a lot of, like, drumming in the movie, so I was kind of trying to evoke that energy. Nice. Well, staying seated in a chair and not fucking up my microphone or my wine. <laughs> you cannot spill the wine. I'm a woman of principle. I, I agree. 
Actually, do you want to start with Wendy? Start with Wendy because I feel like even having that enthusiasm, let's keep it rolling. So All right. So uh, I had the courtesy and joy and whatever the hell of seeing Wendy uh, today or yesterday now uh, for Nerd Caliber. Uh, Thanks, Rodney. Uh, And uh, it's by the guy who did Beasts of the Southern Wild. Uh, So if you like Beasts of the Southern Wild, I've been told that this is basically a lesser version of Beasts of the Southern Wild. I saw Beasts of the Southern Wild a really long time ago. I remember really enjoying it. Uh, but I really, really liked Wendy. I thought it did a really good job of evoking, first of all, just visually, it's stunning. It's shot on 16 millimeter with all natural light. Uh, and it was shot on Montserrat, which is in a volcanic island that's like super actively volcanic, like oh. right now. Okay. Uh, I, it's not an animated movie? No. Oh, shit. I. I saw the um, poster. I thought it was an animated movie. Nope. It's, All right. Uh, and the actress who plays Wendy and the actor who plays Peter, uh, by the way, Peter Pan is a uh, little black boy uh, in this version. Ooh, okay. Uh, it's it's so is, it, is it the story of Peter Pan, basically? Kind of. So did you ever see the movie The Descendants, that George Clooney movie, where, like, not a lot happened and it was all in a very pretty locale and like not a lot happened. So if you went in looking for a story, you were like kind of disappointed and mad. But if you just kind of got caught up with it in the first, I don't know, 15 minutes, you kind of got all in. Other than Michael Clayton, did you describe every George Clooney movie? Uh, Burn after reading, maybe not. Okay. Oh, yeah. Out of sight. Yeah. The outside is pretty good, but um. So, but no, keep going with keep going now. So it's it's basically imagine if you were watching a a play pretend version of Peter Pan. Okay. Uh, in like one of the prettiest locales you've ever you could ever imagine. Okay. With a a super awesome soundtrack that might. I'll be honest, my big issue with the movie was the Peter Pan part. Because <laughs> Why? they embellish a lot of what Peter Pan is. So, like, the idea, the kind of central idea of people not getting older is still there. But, like, at one point they introduced Captain Hook. And I was like, this was a lot more interesting before this. <laughs> okay. But, like, the way they did it was still interesting and good. But, like, once I realized that was what it was, I was like, L. So, Wendy currently has a 40 on Rotten Tomatoes. I think I'm being the nicest to it. Okay. Uh, And I don't know why that it... So, this is going to sound really bad, but... This is a line that I used in my review. Okay. Uh, it's it's being uploaded the day the podcast is being uploaded, so I'm not going to get in trouble for, like, steal, stealing from it. Yeah. Um, so I said... Uh, uh, there's a line in the closing narration about growing up and how you never truly will if you can find magic everywhere. I found myself singing the mother's melody out loud on the subway on the way home. If you can get swept up in the visual effects and the music, this film is worth checking out. 
I was certainly swept away to Neverland, but much like Neverland, I don't know if you can go back after you leave and love it the same. If you can, sneak away, which is like the tagline of the movie. Damn, that was really a thoughtful piece of writing you did. Thank you. I'm, I'm proud of you. That was very sweet. Thank um, you. You know, just by you reading me those three sentences, I'll go watch it. I think it's a one-time movie. Okay. I really do. Because I was trying to kind of rip apart pieces of it and see if I could figure out deeper meaning. Yeah. And there isn't any. <laughs> but I but, was still so glad that I was able to go on that like hour and a half journey. I was actually thinking about this earlier. So the so for me personally, like I was I like thinking about movies when I leave movies. Like mm-hmm. I, I was thinking about how we talked about uh Rise of Skywalker and I asked, would it be a movie? Um, that ages better over time. And I was thinking about my immediate reaction, like the first 15 seconds of me leaving a movie theater the first time I saw it. And I was, I, there's a visceral part of me that liked the movie, but, but when my brain started calculating and like the gift of like Zach Galifianakis was like, <laughs> oh, terrible, terrible plot lines. Why did Chewie die but then come back? three seconds later, like all that shit started running through my head and the movie like fell flat. But do you think, I know me personally, like, I like deeper meanings in movies, but do you think that it really is sort of like a thing that's kind of been like maybe overdone as far as like, like every movie that comes out now, if it doesn't have like some sort of meaning below the surface, people would dismiss it instead of going to the movies just for the good time of it. Do you think that we've gotten to a point where we're like getting too deep for our movies? Uh, no, I absolutely don't. Uh, I think that, and I think we'll get into this a lot more with Invisible Man. Like there's, you can hide good stuff anywhere. Yeah. You know, the thing that I like about Wendy so much is that I felt that that movie, even though it didn't have a lot you could dissect underneath necessarily did a beautiful job of representing childhood for an hour and a half none of the people casted in this movie were actors they were kids the director literally had to teach most of them to swim all of their first movies jeez that's fucking killer man and to me like being in that theater and just going oh right like i remember sword fighting with sticks like, <laughs> it, it, it to me, it did what Boyhood thought it was doing. Ooh. I really want to revisit Boyhood at some point. Because Ooh. obviously Boyhood is like like a 10-year span, right? It's not, or, you know, Oof. it's not yeah. Wendy, which takes place over kind of an indeterminate amount of time because it's Neverland. Yeah. But, like, you get to see Wendy be, to me, a very real kid. Um, and to, she gives it everything she has. She is empathetic. She gets scared. She gets like, but she still, you know who she is. And I really appreciated that as a, as someone who felt they were a very mature child. Uh, it really helped me to remember 
not only that sometimes there's total value in being the mature child, but also that's not a thing you have to wear all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, I think that was pretty dope. There are also not just lost boys, they're lost children. There yeah. are girls, okay, okay. there are people of color, there are a whole bunch of different kids. It also begins, I believe, in the American South. Okay. And the the filming of the initial sequences on a train, this is all within the trailer in the first 15 minutes, I don't consider this a spoil. Like, I was like, oh my god, I gotta, like, go to Georgia, apparently. Like, <laughs> fuck. Like, it's it's beautiful. Um, it's also a super limited release. I don't know why it was made before Disney bought Fox, but Disney seems to not be super jazzed about putting it out. So if you can, find it. Uh, call your local theater and request it if you have to. I don't think it's a... like. I think it's a good movie, not a great movie. I also absolutely think it is about to get hard slept on. Yeah. And it deserves to at least make its money back. Because if nothing else, if you saw Beasts of the Southern Wild, this director is really good. He's got more stories. He needs to be able to make them. Yeah. I don't think, I don't, I don't think we've gotten to a point where movies are too deep. I mean, we get, like, Fast and Furious movies literally, like, every summer. So, like, there's no thing below the surface for those movies. Um, I do think it probably is going to get stepped on uh, just because of the rating itself. Yeah. Um, but your words are super elegant. So, I'm actually, I have excitement for actually watching this movie. Should we do uh, this and uh, Peter Pan the Disney movie as a double feature? Oh, I know Handsome Bane would appreciate that. <laughs> uh, no, I'm totally down for that. Um, going back to Boyhood for a second, I what were your initial thoughts for Boyhood? Because I watched that like for the first time like three years ago, mm-hmm. and boy, uh, that it was kind of dull. Like it's, I I think the premise of it. Please, is please know you said boy and i just almost went hood like oh my god you should have did it i tried but like you just kept going and i was like ah Uh, Ah." i would i would have picked up what you were putting down but uh (laughs) but nah that that movie was kind of bolt uh dull to me like i get the point in the i think the the achievement of just staying with them for like Mm-hmm. What was it, like eighteen years? Like, well, I'm thinking of like the before sunset years, but um, it was like it was three times during that kid's life, right? Well, I mean, more technically all that. their lives. It was more was than it? three. Was it? Well, it was when he was like very, very little. Yeah. Then, uh, like middle little, like seven, yeah. ten, and then. Oh. High school at least once, then college, right? I thought high no, I think the high school and college ones were the same. Like, he he was in high school going to college, and Mm -hmm. then it ended with him going to college. But I think it was his freshman year, so I don't think they they actually did more time or whatever. Okay. Um, I I guess you mean in chunks of filming, or do you mean in, like, beats in the story? If that makes sense. Oh, I was thinking like um, 
Well, because technically it's both, right? Like he, like well, it was I don't know letter. if they like did like senior in high school and freshman in college in like two different chunks a year apart, or if they just condensed, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they did that. Um, but well, I'll research that in a bit. But what did you think about the movie? Did you initially when you saw it? Did you like it? How many times did you see it? Did you I've like seen it? it twice, and both times I sat down and went, "I'm never gonna do that again." <laughs> uh, uh, I found the best way to watch it is to have it on in the background while you're doing other things. Mm. Yeah, I, I tried doing that. It just made me not pay attention to the movie. <laughs> well, I was I had it on while I was like doing like graphic design work or whatever, so I was like had no auditory input at all. Oh, okay. uh, and I like I like to listen to music or a podcast or whatever while I'm doing stuff. So I was able to kind of through it, and that made it seem not as long. Yeah. Uh, I think it is a beautiful technique for filmmaking. I hope that it is utilized in a way that is a little bit, I don't want to say better, but a little bit more suited to, uh, I would say, your average film going audience. Um, you can say better. <laughs> like, well, because a, I think a, that both Ethan Hawke and Patricia Arquette. Arquette, yeah, give really excellent performances. Yeah. I, I loved watching them grow. I thought it was crazy. Uh, and, like, I loved their parts. Yeah. Because that, to me, felt like the actual story. Yeah. Um, so, fucking... I, I think I gave it, like, if I gave it, like, a number, I would probably give it, like, a two out of five. Yeah, it has a 97 on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, I think people are just, like, appreciative of just the... the... Wow. Yeah, it's. I think people are appreciative of the technique. They're trying to give Richard Linkletter his flowers, but that's not a ninety-seven. Like a ninety-seven, you're you're putting that up with like the Godfather's. Like you're putting that up with like classic cinema. Like that's yeah. that's just not a classic movie. Yeah, uh, and the other thing about it is like. I really do feel that you like it more if you are a white boy film critic and this mirrored your upbringing. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Um, you know, and I'm not trying to drag film criticism right now, but like that was, I remember watching this and going, oh, this is going to make someone's day. Like, yeah. this is a movie for someone to work through their broken home growing up and always being the center of attention and having a, a wild youth uh, <laughs> and then, like, you know, get going to college and going on the straight and narrow and, you know, whatever, presumably having a happy ending. And, like, <sighs> I don't need any more narratives like that. <laughs> like I, I don't if I wanted that I could have just camped outside of Connecticut College with binoculars like <laughs> oh man Oof. so this movie is supposed to take place between 2002 and uh, 2013 um, they they jump actually 
They jump a lot. So I was going to say, I remember it being like a lot of pieces. So the, I guess the original idea was to film it actually to film it annually, but I think they may have gotten away from that. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's funny. You, you actually do see the point when he hits puberty, which is kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> like so, that, that, and it just happens too. You're like, Oh, Oh no, sweetie. Yeah, that shit was kind of funny. I also just remember thinking like, okay, Kay. Kay. Like pretty much every segment I was like, is there a payoff here? Nope. Okay. Uh, what about now? Is there a payoff from the last section in this one? And there just wasn't often enough. You know, and I understand that it is supposed to be representative of like a life and sometimes things don't make sense, but you're also making a narrative. I think that movie would have been ten times more interesting if it were a, a girl maturing, primarily because men, like, the the level of maturing that you do mentally from, like, that young of age to, like, going to college, that's not a lot of jumps, man. I, I, I can attest, like, it's not a lot of mental gymnastics you're doing. I think men that age from about, I would say maybe about, like, 15 or so to, like, like, early 20s like that that period is more interesting than just like a movie about a little boy going into like a a high school senior but i think for for girls like i i feel like you know just i think just the range of life of a woman from like a little girl to thinking about feminism and thinking about misogyny and clashing on that and thinking about their sexualities and and like having a period (laughs) like i'm not i'm not trying to be gross here but like most of my friends have funny or ridiculous or sometimes just downright traumatizing period stories i was actually gonna say i laughed i was gonna say that some i've heard that was a thing so because like i just assumed i was dying and i had like read the book and seen the movie and whatever but like i expected like blood that's not what happened initially (laughs) and it also doesn't look like paper cut blood like it's a whole thing like and sometimes you're 12 or sometimes you're 13 or 10 younger you know, you don't always have friends who have had them yet. Like, I used to get periods that lasted so long I was getting faint because of iron loss. Damn. Right? Yeah. Um, You know, and then that turns into, oh, should I get birth control to fix my periods? Oh, if I get a birth control, like, I'm 14 and a whore, apparently. You know, it just is so... It's a lot. It's fucking much. a lot. Much, yeah. Yeah. Guys, we just worry about is if professional wrestling is real or not. Like, like that yeah, and, and Skinamax. That's it. If if you're uh, if your uh, business downstairs gets a little excited, like you can throw a math textbook on it. Like we can't do that. <laughs> like, oh, we're just bleeding. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay, boy, boys on the internet, before y'all yell at me, I'm aware that, like, and women on the internet, I'm aware that periods and erections are not the same thing. I am merely saying that thing that you have no control over at all when you're a teenager. Yeah. You don't gain control of your period either, but at least hopefully you get a little better at predicting it. Yeah. 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 Feel free to check out your local Planned Parenthood for more information about why your body is changing. Also, if you are mid-puberty and listening to us, go stop. We're talking about R-rated movies today. Stop. <laughs> well, any any listener, just donate to Planned Parenthood, by the way. FYI. So. Also, if you don't have money to donate, donate your time. They always need people walking people through lines. They always need people to be friendly inside, uh, to direct people to the right literature, to make pamphlets, signage, whatever. We can always use more people. Definitely, definitely. I love that we can pivot from Wendy to promoting Planned Parenthood. I mean, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I, I I offered to take Wendy, but it's because I really wanted a girl covering it. Smart. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm picking up what we're putting down, yes. Like, actually, the funny thing is, like, I'm, I'm looking at the characters, and I'm looking at even some of the reviews, like the, you know, Rotten Tomatoes just like pictures of like the the journalists that like review stuff, or whatever. Yeah, it's looking a little, little male, little white. So, uh, I I'd be definitely interested to in see what women and what minorities have to say about this movie. Yeah. So for me, uh, David Sims, who is a reviewer, I really love. He's a co-host of a Blank Check with Griffin and David, which is a podcast I listen to often. Uh, said uh like just because it is beautifully shot doesn't mean it's watchable i believe is what Whoa. he said or the amount of effort that's put into every frame is obvious that doesn't make it watchable and like Jeez. i i disagree to me it is much more of an aesthetic and sonic experience you really need to like go into this movie and like i don't know you know Oh, I bet this movie would be ridiculous if you were high. But like, you gotta like grab grab like one drink. Not like don't get drunk, but like have a drink. Get a little like mellowed out and just let it happen to you. Like making the argument that movies should not be all aesthetic, like a lot of bad A twenty four movies. Okay, I can get that, but that sounds like he was extremely dismissive of this movie. Like, goddamn. Because well, the other thing to me is that, like, this is a plot that is only kind of a plot. And sometimes it's very heavy-handed. I don't think that this is the best movie ever made. I don't. I only gave it a three and a half on Letterboxd. And, like, I gave the conversation, which I didn't super enjoy, but acknowledged was very, very good, which we'll also be talking about later, like, a higher rating than that. Um... But I do think that this movie really gets childhood and play in a way that I haven't seen from a movie in a really long time. And that makes me happy. I'd be interested to see what kids actually think about this movie. Well, it's wow. PG-13. Oh. Because it's a little violent. Oh, maybe they overshot on that. <laughs> well, I don't know that it's for kids. I think it's for adults to remember what being a kid is like. 
Okay. To me, Peter Pan has always been more about sitting with your kids and remembering what it's like to be a kid so you play with your kids more. Yeah. You know, Peter Pan is, to me, like the, the Mary Poppins, let's go fly a kite sequence. Like, it's working towards that same ending just in a different way, instead of convincing the dad in the play, it's convincing the dad who's reading it out loud to their kids or watching whatever film adaptation. Yeah, that's a really good point, man. Damn. So the they're not showing it up here until the twelfth, which is another nine days from now. So I so maybe we'll do it the one after next one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm up for that. I'm definitely up for yeah, because I took I took like five pages of good notes in my Kylo Ren notebook. <laughs> it was three dollars at Marshall's. I bet it was. Shit. It's moleskin. It's got a secret pocket. None of you at home can see it, but if you look up Kylo Ren moleskin, you'll probably find it. If you find more, buy them for me. I really like them. DM me on Twitter. I'll send you my address. <laughs> <laughs> well. Maybe arrange a P.O. box. We don't want, you know, weirdos popping up at the house. So, Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. So we talked a little bit about Wendy, your experience with that, and your recommendation. Yeah. And I am definitely hyped for that. If so, you're someone that needs a movie to have a plot or a point, like you need to be fed that, you're going to hate it. Listen to the soundtrack on Spotify and just enjoy how much it slaps. But, like, <laughs> if you can go into a movie and acknowledge it as an aesthetic experience that still is very emotional but not, like, here's my, like, moral of the story, go check it out. Oh, oh my God. I'm looking at Shaq have a hairline on national TV. This shit is so fucking funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> Have you seen the picture on Twitter yet? No. Oh my god. His his hairline starts at the top of his skull. Like it's fucking ridiculous. Oh no. It's bad. So oh wait, he's god. he's got like the most business in the front party in the back that there has ever been. Bro, this shit is crazy. Um I'm gonna send you the I'm gonna on Twitter, I'm going to send you the actual tweet that I retweeted. It's like a video or whatever. Um, this shit is crazy. My God. Uh, also, I, I would just like to put out for the record that I have a request from several people to uh, continue our conversation about... Uh, oh, no. Bro, I <laughs> several uh people who have asked if we are going to talk about how how this week's invisible man fucks because uh, uh, it's, it's different oh yeah it's very different so uh, so uh yeah well, before, before we start like we'll, we'll for the listeners if you plan on watching invisible man watch the movie and then come back to the podcast because we're mm-hmm. going to spoil we're literally going to spoil the fuck out of this movie. So <laughs> also, uh, if if you want to, you can read my review on Nerd Caliber. Uh, also, a lot of the reviews are really spoiler heavy, so just be careful if you do go out there into the world. My review for Nerd Caliber is not particularly. Uh, I only ever spoil things that are revealed in the trailer, 
And the trailer really only reveals the setup for this movie. A lot of my friends were worried that it was going to spoil the whole thing. But it really only spoils, I would say, the first half Um, hour. Yeah, because when I... Like, like I told you, I think I told you on the pod a couple, like last week, that I I was under the impression that this was really going to be about you know her getting over this trauma, and it was like the the trailer basically hand walks you through that aspect of it. Yeah. But then it turns into something else, which I find that it's kind of disappointing when that actually happens. Yeah. Um, but so walk me through your thoughts for the movie when you initially saw it. Okay, so for starters, I saw it in the Dolby theater, like that whole situation, like the optimized sound, like that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so poorly mixed sonically. Mm. Um, so like the dialogue was very quiet. The music was pretty quiet, and the jump scares were so loud that literally it was like if you bounced your head off pavement. Jesus. Yeah, like, to the point where both my my uh, friend and basically adopted brother Matthew and I were had our hands over our ears the whole time waiting for something to happen. And uh, we're losing the uh, sound quality because of that. Jeez. Uh, the other thing about it... Uh, if you can see it, I think in a remastered theater because the theaters that project black, like the color, yeah, make the contrast in this movie so much more intense than if it's just a blank space in the film. Yeah. Uh, especially once uh, at the end he gets shot. Um, I'll be honest, I was really disappointed in this movie. Uh, I from, found from beginning to end. Pretty much. I loved, I would say, maybe the first... Until, like, the thing that started happening started happening, honestly. Well, Uh, we can can spoil it. So, yeah, we'll we'll talk. So, what specifically was... Like I said, from the beginning, you're in it, and then... Yep. So, like, Uh, walk through it. About 40 minutes in. So, that would be... She's left Adrian's house. I loved that scene. I thought that was great. I very much think it set up the, I call it the hunchback of Notre Dame problem, which is who is the monster and who is the man. Uh, (laughs) And like, I was all in like, I was like, okay, great. Like I get it. He's an optics expert. Uh, like I'm picking up what you're putting down movie. You don't have to tell me eight times, but I'm picking up what you're putting down. Did you Um, notice how the, you saw the three suits in the first like five minutes of the movie? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I also uh, very much felt that they really did not trust their audience to pick up on things. They did not. But keep uh, going, keep going. So I thought it was a little heavy-handed when he, like, not just punched his hand through the, the car door, but also yeah. grabbed her by the throat. Yeah. I was like, okay, he could have gone for shoulder or hair. And I st- it still would have gotten that across. The point that he literally had to bend his elbow around the door frame to get his thumb around her throat, I thought was the stupidest shit. Uh, <laughs> because also that implies that he's using the far hand. So he's running with his hand like in front yeah. of his arm his, or in front of his face. Like, like his, no thanks. His, his body would literally have to be like a 90 degree angle from... <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my god. And like there are other ways to show that he's abusive. If he had grabbed her hair or something that would have been literally easier, it would have made more sense. Uh but okay, fine. Uh so then she moves in with the friend, and I thought that stuff was really powerful. Yeah. Her her trying to go out to the mailbox and seeing somebody jogging by and just I can't, I can't. What if he knows I'm here? I can't. Yeah. I I really was like, yep, okay. I loved the daughter. Um, yeah, yeah. She's major on, shout out uh, to the daughter because A Wrinkle in Time is a fucking terrible movie. And uh, she does her best in it, but she really doesn't, I think, do great. Because there's so much problem with, like, eyeline and stuff. She never knows where she's looking because nothing was there. And, like... Shout out, shout out to Storm, uh, Storm Reed. Who yeah. was also in HBO's um, what was that show last year? The the wild ass HBO show. Oh my god, I'm blanking on it. Uh, you don't remember the show last year? Like everyone was talking about the kids in high school. Oh yeah, Walking, I yeah, it's, uh, I remember Euphoria. It Euphoria. She yes. Was, she was great in Euphoria. Like Euphoria is really good. But yeah, she was good in this also. She was it's really clear that she's got it when yeah. it is in the room with her. Yeah. You know? Um, I thought she was great. Um, so I was all in on that. I was all in on that relationship. I was all in. To me, the issue was that I think the Invisible Man initially came on a little too strong. There were a lot of weird lingering shots early in the movie where I was like, okay, and a shoe's going to fall off the rack, right? Like, <laughs> so, just something so that we we know he knows. Yeah. Because all of a sudden he's just there and it's happening. And you're like, whoa! Like, I, I prefer the idea that he always knew because that really leans him more into like obviously he's already a monster but like if we're going for monster let's swing for the fences monster please yeah um also she kept putting down the fucking knife and i was like i couldn't handle it like (laughs) especially because she's shown as so competent in everything else yeah Put the knife in your teeth. Like, it doesn't matter, but you can't <laughs> keep putting it to... I, I, like, after he hit the daughter... Yeah, when you duffed her, yeah. I started checking my watch. Ooh, oh, what, what do you mean? Uh, Just to see how long it had been, and that was about minute 35. Okay. Uh... And I thought, oh, I assumed this was like the halfway point. Oh yeah, not we got a long but, way to go. Yeah, a long way to go. Um, and I really felt like this movie was maybe a half an hour too long. Usually, I will say fifteen minutes, twenty minutes. This one, I feel is it just. You know, like I do think everything you said about how the how Elizabeth Moss was like really great at like exercising you know how trauma actually works on people like like it like it's it doesn't make logical sense but you have this innate fear that is basically crippling and it's gonna it's gonna keep you from doing like regular everyday shit but i think this movie 
and a part of it why I I uh, I'm not high on the movie is I don't think this movie actually understands trauma. Like so yeah. He, so he so initially he dies and then all of a sudden she's like okay well I'm, I'm good to go like I'm not going to just this crippling fear that I could not walk out of the house for like two weeks all of right. a sudden now it's gone. Well the thing to me was like when I have had abusive interactions whether they're with friends or romantic partners in the past you never leave going oh, well, like, you know, they're gone now. Oh, yeah. they're in the Navy, but they got moved somewhere else. Like, disclaimer to all my my boys in the Navy, you were all fine. It was just an example. Uh, but, like, you know, it's not like, oh, they can't see me anymore, I'm safe. Like, a huge part of the, like, why abuse is often so damaging is that you believe that you are the problem, that you deserve it. And that's why so many people who are abused die in abusive homes. Yes, you're spot on. And, like, so the fact that she, like, it would definitely be a weight off to know that he cannot come for you. But it is not all the weight off. You're not suddenly walking around without this backpack. Yeah. Yeah, like that's like the movie. The movie really microwaved that shit. Like, which is, I, the movie would have been, in my idea, the movie would have been like ten times better if it really was. He was dead the entire time, but her anxiety and fears were manifesting these other horrible things she was doing. Mm-hmm. But it's like, no, he's been dead this entire time. Like, you know, you lashing out, you abusing these other people, you killing the other people it's it's a result of your trauma now you're passing on a trauma to other people but then it's like but then that's not a horror movie that's a psychological drama thriller it's a totally different movie yeah but i agree with you but i don't think that would be a good invisible man movie so my concept for the invisible man movie is really simple it's keep a lot of it the same but don't have her have to be re-traumatized it needs to start with she notices a shoe is a little off because she's now paranoid and screwed up. And that shoe is just a little bit off. And there's an invisible man. It's Adrian. He's here. It can never break. So then when she is right, none of her friends believe her because she's been spouting this shit off for weeks now. Yeah. You know, and then that, makes it so that all of her friends immediately turning seems believable you know because even the friend kind of dismisses her out of hand so imagine if that turns into not just a dismissal but annoyance so then when he hits the daughter she hits or he hits the daughter but it makes it look like she did it that is so much stronger of a oh my god you were bad before but what the like moment uh and also i think that the brother being in on it cheapened the whole thing to me bro the the first meeting they had like the meeting in the office when like she like brings it up to the the brother i knew immediately like he was well imagine how much better it would be though if he thought he was being supportive but was actually being gaslighty like and he was earnest about it to the point where he goes to visit her in the hospital and, you know, it's not even about, like, keep the baby. It's literally, like, I'm here to help you. 
Yeah. And, you know, the invisible man kills him. Yeah. Like. Like the sister, you know, because it's at the point now where, like, imagine if her body count was stupid high. Oh, speaking of body counts, like, so Bill The Simmons, last hour, or not even, I don't know, 30 minutes of the movie? Bro, it got real video gamey. Like, it was. <laughs> I kind of loved it, though. So I will say that the bit that I liked the most was when it was inside. So when that stairwell chase was happening, when they yeah. were running down the hall and he was flashing in and out. Yeah. I was all in. I was like, yep, okay. As soon as it got outside, I checked my watch because it was taking way too long. But, like, <laughs> her running through the hallway and bodies flying in front of her. I was like, yeah, okay. But, like, we didn't oh. need that car chase. We didn't need, yeah. like, we didn't need the car chase. We really didn't need the car chase. Yeah. Uh, we didn't need the ducking through the cars. Like, two or three of those were fine, but, like, I think I... Hang on, let me check my tally because I was keeping a tally. Holy um, shit. <laughs> I was getting bored. <laughs> I think like they really... wove between cars nine times. Jesus. Uh, also, uh, several times I wrote, uh, oh, fuck off movie. <laughs> Do you remember the first time you wrote that about this movie? Hang on. Because, uh, no, nah, I, like, whenever they went and they went to the office and saw, like, the the suicide picture there, like, why does he have that on deck? Like, why does he have that just, just ready to go? At home, you can't see this, but I, literally my first note here is, fuck this. <laughs> but do you remember uh, when you wrote so it? Based on that, uh, I think this probably happened uh, for the first time. Oh, creep. Great. Uh, I think this started with the the brother, probably. Okay. Uh, so when, oh, I think it was probably actually when he found out she was dead. And then the, oh, it's a gaslighting metaphor, is, uh, the brother's office who's the lawyer. But what do you mean? Um, because as soon as she says, like, I don't believe he's out there, like, he's in my head. And he was like, he does that to everyone. I was like, oh, okay, thanks, movie. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they they try to hold our hands In, to that. Yeah. Right, instead of being like, like, because really to me a more powerful choice is if the lawyer is combative from the get-go because he's actually going through the same thing she is. You know, then at the end it turns into she basically chasing him away because... She is so traumaed out that she doesn't understand that he is trying to help. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, in my ideal version of the movie, the Invisible Man is still a real guy, you know. 
Because when I, when my girlfriend leaves me, my immediate thought is, oh, let me go put on my weird fetish shoot from American Horror Stories and uh, <laughs> fuck with her life. <laughs> the other yeah. thing I said was, I understand he's trying to discredit her and fuck her, but couldn't he just kill her? Uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, yay, Wrinkle in Time Kid is one of my notes. Where's your knife? Then I'll line down. Bitch. Next line. <laughs> the knife. Bitch. Line after that. The fuck? Uh, okay, but like, I don't understand why she didn't take the suit initially. Like, the first time she broke into the house. Uh... I don't understand if he raped her or artificially inseminated her. I think it's, I think that whenever he found out she was taking birth control, I'm thinking he just like, like switch out the medication and. Right. Based on the timeline, because the doctor says she's only a month along. Oh, how long? He'd been dead for. A month by the time that it happened, which means that she had left him three weeks before that. So, I, so they must. I think they did the nasty and like she was like, "Fuck this, I'm fed up." And so, like the next day, she peaced out. Right, but that wasn't right. But that would still put her closer to two months along than one. Is I don't it, know if that's just a they forgot to fix it, or if literally the idea is that like he snuck in while she was sleeping and stuck a needle. Like, to make sure, I I don't know that it matters, but, like, it was a thing that once I realized it, I was like, is this, like, are we also making him, like, a rapist on top of this? Because that's fine if we are, but, like, we need to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's not, like, a real, like, you know, oh, yeah, let me get a, you know, a a double burger with cheese. Oh yeah, a rapist. Like you, like you yeah. don't throw that in there. Like sure thing, rapist. Like yeah. Uh, right. Also, I said uh, we stand the soon to be dead friend. <laughs> yo, yo, he, they had him give. They had he had, like bugged out eyes like half this movie. Like he was. He, he didn't was, die like, though. Oh. Yeah, he didn't. Uh, shout out to a black person surviving a horror movie. Oh, it's so nice. <laughs> but nah, he was like, you know, funny. Actually, <laughs> I. Oh, Sorry, I just read one note? of my notes. What's the note? Uh, so this was after the brother. We found out the brother was in one of the suits, and I said, "Oh, fuck off, movie! You glee-looking motherfucker." And then underneath that, I wrote, "Yeah, fucking Cordover Street, eat a dick." And then underneath, Cordover Street hosts one of my favorite uh, cocktail competition shows on YouTube. Uh, shout out to Cordover Street. I'm sorry. I just didn't know the actor's name, so I improvised. Uh, and then underneath this, I said, counting down to the end of the movie is probably a bad sign, right? Oh, look, jigsaw graffiti. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, it's not what you want. To quote Sean Fantasy is not what you want. Uh, then my last uh, two notes are, oh, the boyfriend is Diet Jake Gyllenhaal. And then... <laughs> nah, he's, he's budget worse Jake. than that. He's, no, yeah, he's, he's budget, great value. He's budget Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, do you remember this is one actor from like the late 90s, early 2000s. 
He was on like Dawson's Creek. He was on a bunch of like random ass TV shows. He reminded me of him, but with like a drug habit. Like I cannot, I can't so, think of this guy's name. Adrian, the boyfriend, looks like Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, I'm thinking of the brother. I'm thinking if of the he had like a cocaine habit, like he looks too thin. Uh, then uh, the other other brother, who's played by I think his name is Michael Dorman. Yeah, the blonde. Uh, yeah, yeah. Michael Dorman is the one that I compared to Cordover Street. Yeah, that's like, what I was thinking of, like the Dawson's Creek looking guy. Yeah, but actually, no. He actually that's a better label for him. He is a he looks like a man would have appeared on the random episode of Dawson's Creek just like had two throwaway lines and like that's it or maybe so. been like a like five episode arc side character love interest situation he was definitely trying to smash Joey Joey yep. wasn't having it they went on one date they kissed and then Dawson like like put plant drugs on him or some shit uh I was going to say, the one good thing about this movie that I actually I like that they did, I'm really glad they did not make Elizabeth Moss and the boyfriend, uh, not the boyfriend, the cop, I'm really glad they did not like make them fuck. And that would have been super fucking cheap. That would have been like really disrespectful. Also, I feel like 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 this is, is this guy who's taking care of his friend who went through some trauma. But he's really just trying to smash. Like, that would have been pretty fucked up. I kind of like the... Like... Yeah. Yeah. I, uh... As a... As a side plot, I really was like, oh, we're, like, adding this? Oh... Like, I, I genuinely struggled to get my head around it because at a certain point I was like, I felt it muddied the message. What do you mean? Just his involvement? Like the cops? Yeah. So I think the cop is the friend who doesn't believe her, but then starts noticing, hey, there's a footprint in here that I didn't make. You know, I don't, I'm not opposed to that. I think that's a strong choice. I just don't understand why he was a cop. Yeah, I think that's... it would have been stronger if he had made that started. Because then, you know, oh, he she hit my daughter. Oh, she killed her sister. You know, as an outside observer, that elevation probably would make more sense. I think they only had him as a cop just for the last scene. Yeah. Which I think that, oh my God, like. I had a lot of problems with it. Like, <laughs> she clearly... <laughs> I think, I think, like I said before, I think the movie does not get trauma right. And so I think the, I think the overall message of the movie is if you, if you can somehow murder people who do you harm, in the end you'll be fine. Which, that's not what you really want to have a movie say. Also, what the hell is she looking at as she was leaving the house? Oh, she's looking at the sequel. She's looking at the Invisible Woman sequel on the horizon in two and a half years. I I will say this was leaps and tap dancing bounds better than The Mummy. 
<laughs> this was leaps and tap dancing bounds better than I Frankenstein. I mean, is the bar high though for those? No, but I think <laughs> for a for a return of a creature feature, I don't hate this. It has a lot of good ideas. Yeah. And in traditional Blumhouse style, let me double check the budget, but I believe the budget was seven mil. Oh, they're they're kicking up off this shit. They, I'm yeah. Really budget sure. was seven million dollars. So far, it's already made twenty three million. Jeez. Or I'm sorry, worldwide, it's made uh, 40, uh, 43 million. Bro, we got to get a Blumhouse script going, man. <laughs> but like, I think I'm excited to see what this movie brings. It's going to be a sequel. It has to be a sequel. I don't even mean the sequel. I mean, like, okay, we can sell a Universal monster movie. You know? Because that's clearly what it is. Like, I would really love a modern vampire movie that is scary. Not a Twilight, not a remake of, or not like a period vampire movie. Like a, oh, who are those goths that run that nightclub? Why don't we ever see them at night? Oh, they're going to do Blade again. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't even what I was thinking of, but like, all right, you're right. I'll give you that. Uh, They're going to bring Blade back soon enough. I know, and it better be fucking Mahershala. Oh, no, it is. Like, he's he's Blade. Is that official official, or is that like... Oh, yeah. Like, they brought, like, whenever whenever they're announcing Phase 4, like, they brought him out on stage. Like, yeah. Him and his little scully, like, they were on stage, yeah. So he's he's definitely Blade. Which, I mean, I'm, I'm in just for that alone, so. It's fair. So, um, so... I, so, I gave it, like, a three and a half. I think, uh, I think I did, too. Because um, I, I think when you're in it, like, when it's a movie you're actively watching... Like, obviously, I checked my watch a lot, but also part of that was because it was so loud, it was actually giving me a migraine. Oh, uh, that's not good. Uh, I gave it a three. I just gave it a three. Um, so, for my... I'm trying to get better about writing reviews for stuff. Um, so, my review wasn't very long in this. Yeah. Um, but my review... I'm trying to fish it out right now... Um, the film wanted to play as an allegory for battered women that survived trauma from brutal, from brutal men, but when it turns out there's a literal invisible man, the story kind of fades and becomes a subpar thriller. Um, yeah. It's funny. I think we both... I think it's funny that... I gave it three even, too. Because, <laughs> of course, we did. Yeah, basically. Like, um... We're gonna start having periods in sync soon. Hey. Like sleepaway camp, but worse. Once I get those cramps, I'll take time off from work. You know why they give it to me? Because I'm a man. Yeah, get it, get do what I did. Uh, get a heat pack that looks like a stuffed animal, <laughs> and then suddenly bring it with you everywhere. Oh, so people just won't think I'm a creep with a stuffed teddy bear. Don't I mean, I got a hippopotamus. Her name is Zelda. Shout out to Zelda. Yeah, uh, after F. Scott Fitzgerald's wife, because I'm a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> Not after Link's love interest. 
I mean, no. Uh, if I were to name a stuffed animal after Link's love interest, I would probably name it after her alter ego, Sheik. Okay. Uh, yeah, I said this movie had, uh, this movie has excellent ideas, and it almost gets to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're almost there. It was... uh, and the film gets bogged down in a lot of modern horror cliches. It has a lot of very, what I describe as Blumhouse moments. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of predictable moments and even more predictable and loud jump scares that didn't add much and cheapened the overall vibe of the film. Yeah. Uh, but when it wasn't doing that jump scare bullshit, I really think the vibe of the film is the strong point. That slow burn kind of psychological energy. And that's why I think it, it play it would play better as just like a thriller, like yeah. a psychological thriller. I do think though that if the audience doesn't know if it's a real person or not for a while, that might also work. Yeah. You know, so if the idea that she comes back and maybe her room is trashed and she starts freaking out, but we as the audience, well, maybe she just tossed her room. Yeah. You know, turning it into a that. And that way, if he's real or not, it's a surprise to the audience, too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, now, now, unless you have any more deep thoughts on this, do you want to get to the, uh, the reason that people are tuning in to hear about invisible fucking? Yeah. Um, so I just want to give a a shout out (laughs) to my friend Corv because I sent him this podcast and told him about the invisible man fucking, and then he had to immediately afterwards give a presentation. Uh, and apparently he, uh, he was one of the people who asked me if we were going to talk about the different rules this week. So, uh, Hey Corv, uh, also, uh, check out his stuff. He does a lot of work over at the defunct land channel. Uh, on YouTube, so you should definitely check his stuff out. He's great. Uh, but anyway, moving on. So uh, this one's different. Yeah, man. We so in the original uh, OG one from '33. You know, he t- he takes a serum or a concoction or whatever, and he's like completely invisible. But in this one, uh, you have to wear a fucking suit. So right. So in the original one. When he holds, I recently like was rewatching it, just chunks of it. And when he holds a hammer, you can see the hammer through his hand. Yeah. And in this one, you can't. Uh, also, I I don't know how he sees. Uh, I mean, there's no eye holes. Like it's all like I'm. You know how like in Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. has like the headset and he's moving yeah. around. I but the eyelid things aren't really eyes until it turns off. Yeah, it's that. So it's not as fun. Like, like, yeah. Like the only good thing would be you know like when Elizabeth Moss if she would wear it, she has to be. She would have to like unzip so you see like a flying coochie, which is pretty spectacular, but. It's still a flying coochie nonetheless. So yeah. yeah. I mean, also though, like, you know, I don't know if it unzips like a gimp mask or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but like, 
your dick is disappearing. Yeah, but the thing is, like, so if if even if it's like a backdoor action, though, you gotta... it, right? But like, at least for some of them, if it unzips, you can probably only see it from certain angles. Well, yeah, you have to be like from the back, so that kind of takes away. So like. They unzip. You like walk around. It's like a floating ass crack now. So, so it's like, but like only from certain angles. You probably couldn't see it if they were bent over looking down. Like you would probably, you probably I, couldn't be in it and see it at the same time. Is just the know, point I'm trying to make here. You know what I just realized that made me sad. Like you couldn't get like you couldn't get an invisible head. Like there's no invisible blowjobs. There's no mouth hole. There's no there's no pulp fiction. See, we don't know that there might be a zip. The movie should explain that, man. I don't think it was. Because, like, even if you if you remember, I mean, obviously, I saw it once. I don't saw it once, but, like, they showed the, they actually show the front, like, the mask. Yes. So there's no, like, eyeball socket. There's no mouth. Right. There's, like, there's no even no socket. Like, these motherfuckers are full gimp, like, full, like, latex, like, <laughs> snorkel suited up. Yeah. But, like, maybe there's, may, there might be hidden zipper in there. I don't know, man. But then is but if you unzip it, now you're gonna see the flying cooch. Like it's a different <laughs> Well, right. Different but show. like again, I think it depends on the angle. Cause so, the idea of the all the different lenses is that it reflects the light, right? Yeah. I don't think you can see it and hit it at the same time. Is the argument I'm trying to make here. But if it's a dick, like the dick like he has to oh, pull the dick yes, out. No. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, okay. So, so it, it's just a flying like wall mount at that well, point. Oh, right. Yes. Uh, but also for the any parts. Yeah. I don't think you would hit it and see it at the same time. Yeah. You, you, yeah. Yeah. You would. Like, so even if like you unless you were at eye level with inside, it. Like, you, yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't see it, like, once right. it's inside of the other person. But you just, I, I got a problem with seeing the cooch, man. I, I just want the full invisible experience. Like, There's no a movie cooch. for that. The Invisible Woman is, is a movie that already exists. Shit, I'm mother. And uh, <laughs> nice. I'm a big fan of it because it has one of my favorite moments, uh, which is... Uh, like the promo is her in front of like a, like she's backlit, she's in silhouette, you know, in front of a big cosmetics mirror and a big robe, and suddenly it all just disappears. Okay. Like you can okay. see the like the body, and then suddenly you cannot, and I'm like, ooh, like <laughs> I'm way more excited about that than I was about anything that happened in the movie. Um, oh. God. I mostly was like, can I see her boudoir? Can I see it in full color? Like, what is she wearing? I got an, uh, like. Oh, man. Uh, so. So. Well, the real question is, would you want to bang 33 Invisible Man technology or 2020 Invisible Man technology? I think uh, that's down to. I mean, that's, that's a tough question because I feel like. If I could chain, well, okay. Also, though, like, the, I'm just removing the trauma part from all of this. I am assuming 
that these are some hot, benign, invisible men. Oh, yeah. These uh, are people you definitely consent to. Like, I, I have a picture in my head of who I want the invisible person to be. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Uh, if I had, like, bed straps and, like, that whole situation, and it was, like, straight up a doming situation, it, it's going to be 2020 Invisible Man. Oh, uh, but if it were just like a general life situation, like a casual kind of whatever, not like a this is 20 minutes of setup and a half an hour of takedown after, then <laughs> I got to go OG. I'm and gonna... hell, I'll stick with OG actor too. Like, let's keep it Claude Rains. Like, <laughs> screw it. He's I'm a not very busy. Man, yes. Yeah. No, he is like. I know he's not Italian, but he looks like he's got that, like, nice Italian nose. And, like, I <laughs> I love and support this man. Holy shit. Let's, I'm going to Google Claude Rains. Like, he's, he's got that, that old kind of, old kind of look. Oh, my God, he died in Laconia, New Hampshire. Oh, no. Do you know where Laconia is? I do. They have a crazy motorcycle rally every year. He kind of looks like if Johnny Cash mixed with you remember Black Panther, the the white guy in Black Panther. Yeah, he looks like those two guys like did the smarty dance and had a baby. I mean, yeah, but like I'm talking about like 1933. Like, hang on, let me send you his like oh no, I'm looking forehead shot real quick. Oh no, I'm looking at all these shits. He's he's a dual like, young guy. Yeah, no, nah, he he had like he was pretty fire for like a good couple years. Damn, this is the one I'm looking at because then he like he gets he gets a little weird looking at a certain point, but also I think that <laughs> might be the way he chooses to groom his eyebrows. Oh yeah, like this young war photo, like that's that's the look of a man who. Has rarely seen butt cheeks. <laughs> this is why he enlisted. He knew he looked better in uniform and had a higher chance of seeing butt cheeks. Exactly. Oh, man. So he could clap them. I'm I'm going either way. I'm going 33 technology, man. Like, like, like. I just I need this full invisible experience. I need I need orifices disappearing, like. I need extremities disappearing. Like, I need it all. I need it all. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's covered in the Invisible Woman if, like, the prison wallet works. <laughs> We're gonna make it work. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll try well, it. right, but, like, if you can still see it, like, I would consider that a failure of the prison wallet. That's all we going to 33. We're not going to that one. We want to 33 tech. Like no, 33 would be an issue because it's not invisible until they digest it. <sighs> can a woman digest penis? <laughs> Google how fast can a woman digest penis? <laughs> From which orifice? <laughs> Have you ever seen the thing on Facebook that's like, wow, vagina with teeth sounds really scary. Also, men, man, I love blowjobs. Because, <laughs> like, that's funny. which orifice? Touche. Well, they're very different. But 
<laughs> you're asking about digestion, which orifice? I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> I'm thinking about what I want to say, but I don't want to say that. <laughs> oh, man. Jesus. Just a reminder, you can fight me in the DMs about how bad of a person I am, apparently. Oh, you're not a bad person. All, all I do is talk about Invisible Man, Schween. First of all, if we, we're living in a time of political unrest. Like, people rights getting trampled left and right. If I can't laugh at my homegirl about Invisible Dick, fuck y'all, basically. Oh, man, but think about how good that would be with a mirror. That's what I'm saying! You gotta go 33! So you can see all of your everythings? I mean, hey, man. I... Well, it would be like that, that fucking Tumblr post that went viral that was like, what if you fall in love with a ghost and someone walks in and you just see, like, a woman's, like, vagina just, like, opening and closing? And I was like... Hey, you talent. Yeah, that, I guess. <laughs> I mean... Oh, no. man, our OnlyFans would be great. That's what I'm saying, man, like... Because if like if you if you have relations with another person, like you can you can't see you'll never be able to see specifically everything that's going on, but with thirty three invisible man now. Yeah, no, that's fair. Often. No, that's fair. I, I support this post. I think it would be harder for you to convince something was happening though. Uh, maybe. From an OnlyFans perspective. <laughs> Only fans. Shout out to yo. Shout out to how you get how you live, man. Like we we do not stream OnlyFans on this podcast. Oh, we take, use we that shit. We don't shame people who who run OnlyFans, or we don't shame people who who subscribe to OnlyFans. In, enjoy your fans. Like do it. Let yes. them enjoy you. It's fine. Or don't if that's not what you're into. We, we know and support and understand that it takes all kinds here. Yes, definitely. Be as open and as cool with your sexuality as you want to be. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And monetize that shit if you want. In this house, we do not shame. Uh, so, you covered... Well, I guess in one word answer, do we recommend The Invisible Man 2020? Uh, yeah, I don't know that you need to see it in theaters. Yeah. I would say maybe check that shit out at home. Yeah. I feel like it could be a really good, like, scary movie night movie. Yeah. I agree with that. So, you know, check it on the inevitable Universal Studios, uh, streaming system, or perhaps the Blumhouse streaming system. Or just bootleg it like me. Remember how I I said I was not a big fan of Blumhouse? Yeah. Get it now? (laughs) I get it. Yes, I get it. Uh, So, yeah, it's it's all right. Uh, Check it out, but, like, not urgently. Yeah. My daddy's podcast is called Hyphenation. It's the world's greatest podcast. Barack Obama proof. On hyphenation, my daddy talks about all kinds of cool things.
And sometimes I'm on the podcast too. Sometimes he has his Flynn Marcus on. Sometimes he stays up really late and he's tired the next day. But it's worth it. But he loves his podcast and I love his podcast. So I really want you to listen to Hyphenation. So Daddy doesn't get sad. He really doesn't get sad though because he has me. Oh wait, please listen to Hyphenation. Thanks y'all. I love the podcast. So please, please, please try to join. But if you know it. Thank you. Can we hear it now? All right. So pivoting from 2020 uh, for our Be Kind Rewind section this week, uh, named after the original podcast episode, The Conversation, uh, the Martin Scorsese, not Martin Scorsese, um, Francis Ford Coppola directed the Conversation movie starring Gene Hackman. Um, I put uh, Kat onto this movie, mm-hmm. and she watched it today. So, yep. I think the I think that movie is is a definite slow burn, but it's also like I do miss what thrillers were. Like I do miss that. Like you don't have to have like super action to tell a story. Like you can just let these like these creepy ideas get into your mind and the actor's mind will sort of affect how things go and then all of a sudden this wild turn happened at the end and it's like super enjoyable um and it's interesting because in the middle of making godfather 2 Francis coppola made the conversation so they came out the same year um which i fucking incredible talent i can't mm-hmm. i can't imagine and that um especially like they're two totally different movies two totally different like sets of actors involved yeah um, shout out to a young beautiful harrison ford <laughs> oh my god him in that suit i was like i thought i thought like my everything was gonna give out i was i was not prepared like he's a very beautiful man back then I think I may change my answer. I think this may be Pete Harrison Ford for me. Ooh, like looks. I mean, yeah, because there's like a pretty, there's like a lot of great stuff in uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, especially where like he just suddenly doesn't have a shirt on, and I just have to deal with that as a twelve year old girl. But like, <laughs> and I, I think a lot of him as Han Solo is obviously like character goals. And like character characters, cat would like to date. Honestly, if you look at all the men that I like to date or have ever dated lined up, like they all have the charisma of Han Solo, but like <laughs> like charismatic Han Solo, not crotchety asshole Han Solo. Uh, so this is three years before OG Star Wars. Yeah, I know. Um, and over. Uh, 12 years before the only yeah the only other uh, Francis Ford Coppola film I've seen oh really yeah whoa Uh, and uh, the sad part is the only other (laughs) Francis Ford Coppola film I've seen is fucking Captain EO damn (laughs) Jesus I know I'm a bad Italian. Damn. Yeah. 
Well, what about his daughter, Sofia Coppola? You watch her shit? Uh, she did the bling ring, right? Uh, she did fucking um, Lost in Translation. Oh, okay, I've seen that. But, well, so this is, so conversation, that's 28-year-old Harrison Ford. So this is before the pot has really gotten to him. Like, before Hollywood, like, really got to him. for me. <laughs> you said what, 28? Yeah, he was 28, basically. He's yeah, 27. That's six years older than me. That's comparatively young. Ooh. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> I mean, listen, I I don't know how, how public I want to be about this, but like, I have dated people. The last person I dated was 29. Before that was a 33. Ooh, doggy. 31. I tend to have this very bad habit, though, of, like, meeting people, hanging out with people, spending time with people, falling for people, and then significantly later being like, wait, you're how old? Bro, like, those age differences really come out in, like, weird ways. So I was dating this, I was dating this, um, woman who was like um, fuck she was like six and a half years younger than me but like her friends were like super fucking immature mm-hmm. and so it was like like she like she wasn't necessarily immature or whatever but it's like if you're hanging around your friends a lot by proxy you do the same things that they do so it was just like a lot of shit that it was just like bro like Bro, I would never, I wouldn't think to do this being this old anymore. Like, who the fuck would waste their time doing this? And her friends would totally do that shit. And it was so fucking irritating. Yeah, my best um, friend is 33. So, like. <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding. My best friend is 33. Like, I've got a few friends who are my age, but Anders, who's been my friend forever, is 33. Uh, Like. Most of my friends are older than me. Uh, my performance partner at Ren Fairs is in his in his forties, I think. Uh, I spent Damn. a lot of time with utility kil- utility kilts, the utility kilts folk at PAX, uh, and they're a whole variation of age ranges. Uh, I, mean, I turned thirty four in like fucking four months or some shit. <laughs> I just hang out with the people I get along with. Yeah, it's nothing wrong with that. You know, and like, weirdly, most of them also seem to like me. I so mean, you're a very cool. hip person. You're a hip person, cat. I, I must attest. Oh, thank you. Uh, I try to be hip in like a, a weird, timeless way, though, you know? Because, <laughs> like, I like the things that I like, and I think the fact that my parents are a little bit older than a lot of my peers means that I have some different touchstones than everybody else. And that's not good, bad, or indifferent. It's just how I'm how I am. Yeah. Also most twenty two year old boy make me want to stick my head through a window. <laughs> I mean, I do not fucking blame you because I was I was twenty two years old once with twenty two year old friends. So Yeah. We were all fucking savages, so that's how it is, man. Mm-hmm. But um, but 
getting off of going back, well, getting off of Steamy Harrison for the Dreamboat. So, what do you think specifically about the movie, though? The conversation. Um, I really liked it. Um, I don't know that I'm. It's one I'm gonna be super excited to revisit. No wrong with that. Um, but I really liked it as a kind of mystery situation, and I thought that the characterization was really strong. Um, I also thought that the the sense of paranoia that existed in the film was really strong. Yeah, so this is like the Nixon era. So yeah. like America's on edge, like yeah. Like he got that really fucking well. So I thought kind of gathering that and then also having information presented to you so one way. And then having it kind of resolve to be the opposite of what we assumed. Yeah. Um, was something that I thought was one of the least contrived twists I've I've experienced in a while. Yeah. Because I'm so tired of movies being like, hey. Hey, 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 uh, you want some twist? You know this like, thing that we were building up for the last 40 minutes? Let me JK. just tell you what it is. Uh, you know. No, like, I didn't, I didn't, like, the end, I didn't totally see that coming at all. Like, when you text me, <laughs> when you sent me the, um, the fucking message, I was so confused, uh, <laughs> There's a lot of blood in that toilet. <laughs> I was so confused. I was very worried about you. <laughs> but no, man, like, that movie was really fucking awesome. Um, There's a lot of blood in that toilet. Yeah, it really took me a minute to piece that together. <laughs> but, but no, man, I think um, I think it was a really, really good movie. Uh, Gene Hackman. Uh, well, do you have you watched much Gene Hackman movies? Uh, I know him the best from the Birdcage. <laughs> the Republican senator. <laughs> yes. What's your point? Uh, huh, were you the one that said like Birdcage? Birdcage is like problematic. Yeah. Oh no! How how is Birdcage problematic? We're gonna have to make a whole episode about it. Damn. That was my fucking movie, man. I fucking love Birdcage. I, I, it's my favorite movie on Letterboxd. It may be my favorite movie ever. But it can still have, it can still be very problematic. Oh, yeah. I mean, to my mind, it is problematic in the way that it is. I would say now probably insensitive for what the queer experience is and looks like okay that said considering how much credence it gave at the time to to people who were queer yeah i don't know uh, i have a lo- i have a lot of opinions about it i don't want to get into all of it right now because that'll be a whole separate episode uh yeah i've also seen him in the superman movie 
Because I've definitely seen that. Bro, stop. I don't I haven't watched any Superman movies since I was a like their OGs on I haven't watched since I was a fucking toddler. I I barely I, I remember they were boring. Like I don't remember those shits at all. Oh, about. I really liked them. Well, three and four are just ridiculous. Uh and then like like crazy ridiculous. Uh and then one and two are actually pretty okay. Okay. Uh hang on. I'm reading through like everything he ever made real quick to see if I, I've known anything else. Robin or Gene Hackman? Uh, Gene Hackman. Okay. Oh, he was in Young Frankenstein. Let's see. Uh, he was in Young Tenenbaums. Apparently. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's an ants. Hilarious. Oh, the f- oh, Get Shorty. Oh, my God. Get Shorty was so fucking good, man. <laughs> I love Get Shorty. Um, he's in Hoosiers, which I don't necessarily expect you to watch. Oh, Heartbreakers. Do you remember that fucking movie? Yeah, I think so. That oh, my movie. God. He's 90 years old and just still hanging out. He is hanging the fuck out, man. You go, Gene Hackman. You go. I haven't. Sh- I don't remember the last. I think the last thing he did was Heartbreakers in 2001. So he would have been. Damn. Damn, that's 20 years ago. God damn. <clears throat> man. Time fucking flies, man. Jesus Christ. Do I remember 2001? Yeah, I remember someone 2001. Jesus. <sighs> Oh, you don't even remember 9-11. That's I, wild. No, that's what I remember. Damn, that's the only thing I remember from 2001. Damn. Yeah. I mean, that's where it kind of starts, I guess. Well, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I got picked up early from school, so I knew something was wrong. <laughs> I should laugh <laughs> Bro, you know, it's funny because it's like for someone like me, I was in high school. I was I was living in DC like I was living in suburban Maryland outside of DC. The family, I had tons of family who worked at the Pentagon. So that's like a seminal moment in my life. And it's it's so funny thinking about not in a like a comic way, but funny like in a, a weird way of how like there's a generation of people who are just like, Well, yeah, I got picked up from school early that day. And that was yeah. it. So. Well, yeah. I also remember that my mom worked at uh, one of the, like, bigger buildings in Boston. So not the building that she worked in, but the building next, like, the, the next biggest building, like, closed their top floors for a oh. really long time because they were, like, found Scary. out they were on a target list. Oh, shit. Uh, one of the planes left from Logan, and a kid who I went to preschool with's dad was on it. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild, man. Fuck. Yeah. Oof. Life is hard. Fuck. Jesus. Yeah, and shit's weird. Yeah. Oof. But, um... So, well, I... I think the conversation is 
Well, it's definitely not a... Well, do you think it's problematic in any way? I don't think it's necessarily problematic. I I don't think it's super problematic. I There are a couple things where I'm like... I, while I was trying to think about it, I was like, okay, are they condemning uh like surveillance and they were like no but it does kind of show what it could do to a person so like yeah all right is it you know it's not making any weird sexist claims i mean i kind of was like okay did we need that scene where that woman had no shirt on like yeah she got full she got full frontal which i did i did not dislike i mean she's a skinny blonde lady that's what Americans like. <laughs> Just look at El Presidente. Oh, barf. His horde of formerly skinny blonde wives. Barf. Uh, this is DJ Sean Matt Love giving you barf. <laughs> <laughs> right, but like, yeah, she was all right. Uh, yeah, she was okay. She was all right. Um, you know, so, like, that's the only part to me where I was, like, all right, like, is this filming of this sequence this way adding anything? No. Is this sequence filmed this way saying anything? No. Is this sequence shot this way something for the dads? Yeah. I do think, though, overall, it, it especially, like, having the context of it being, like, in the Nixon era, like, it, I think it is making a, a commentary on, like, the ills of, of spying on people. Yeah. But, but it doesn't, it's not ham-handed, though. So it's, no. like, it's, like, really covert, and it's kind of like, well, you can kind of be driven to madness and paranoia if you let it consume you which i do think even in our state today when like we're literally on camera like every single day we walk out of our house even yep. if we don't walk out of our house and we have our phones open like yep. our phones out our laptops open like we're on camera literally the entire time so or we're being uh recorded by alexa Oh my god! I, yeah, I don't. People who don't have be- that make me super uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't believe in a lot of conspiracy theories. I would say I don't believe in like ninety-eight percent of conspiracy theories, but I don't. I really don't see the need to having like these recording devices like like open all the fucking time. Like, yeah, no, so Jeff the- Bezos is listening. Yeah, he's he knows. He's, Jeff Bezos is listening and jerking off to the sounds of you doing whatever. Papa Bezos. Yeah. So no, I I, I just don't. I don't. I would never get like Alexis. Like there was some. There was like I think wasn't there was some company giving away them for free if you bought like a thing like a, a cheap thing they would give you the. I think it was Spotify. I think Spotify was giving away. If you got a, a Spotify membership, they would just give you one for yep. free. The yeah, the Google Homes. Yeah, fuck that. Like fuck that completely. So and I and I think the funny thing is like it's it's actually funny that Gene Hackman was in the conversation because in the late nineties, I think it was like ninety seven maybe, 
he did this movie with Will Smith called um, Enemy of the State. And he's actually a paranoid-ass dude who's like, you know, the government's always watching, they're always listening. But then, like, the movie, the entire movie is like the government tracking Will Smith to get something from him. I forget what it was or whatever. But it's funny how he's, like, full circle for his career. But then go from this movie in 74 to, like, 97 to, like, 2020. And, like, it's, like, leaps and bounds about, you know, the strives of, like, privacy invasion. Like, I think it's funny. Like, I think this movie could be remade again and asking, like, like what is privacy? Mm-hmm. Like, like, do we have, like, true privacy at all? Like, if you if you have a social media account, like, like I think be, I think a good movie could be questioning like if you have social media if you like do all these things like in public like what is your real right to privacy? I'm yeah. of the mindset yes you should have privacy but what is it really? So, so well there's I mean there's there's nothing really to cancel about this movie so we're still on the good streak. I of... forgot. Yeah. Oh man, that like I really appreciated that movie especially the end where he's just sitting in a house that he ripped open. Yeah, that was pretty gnarly. Like, yeah. And you jam it out. But you know where the the bug is though, right? And it must be in what he's wearing or the saxophone. The saxophone. So yeah, it was in the saxophone the whole fucking time. Yeah. I kind of stand that honestly. <laughs> Man, no, that was a really that was a really good move. I'm I'm really glad I, I was able to catch that and pass it along to you. It was really good. Yeah, thank. <laughs> Thanks. But hold on, they don't give us no sponsorship, so. I'm, I'm oh, bleep those two! Just bleep the brand names. Basically. So it's like thanks. Ah. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I watched it. I also had to watch it off my computer because none of the TVs were free in my house, which, like, I don't love that. Kinda, <laughs> I find it harder to focus on things when it's on a smaller screen, just generally. Yeah, um, I don't... You gotta don't keep like... in mind, this is coming from a kid who used to watch the Lord of the Rings movies, like, letterboxed to shit on an iPod classic. Damn! Ooh, that's a hard-knock life, girl. Shit. I just really liked those movies and wanted to bring them with me wherever I went. <laughs> that may be the cutest thing you've ever said in this podcast. <laughs> Damn. I mean, you know what I named my rabbits, right? No, what did you name your rabbits? Uh, Gandalf the Gray-Eared. <laughs> and uh, Galadriel, Queen of Loplorian. What the hell is that from? <laughs> Galadriel? Yeah. That's Kate Blanchett. And what? Lord of the Rings. Oh, I don't watch Lord of the Rings. Oh, I I I watch I try watching Lord of the Rings like two or three times. I fell asleep every time. So I look like freaking Jim Morrison with my shoulders turned out like this, but like Yeah, man. <sighs> I can't do it, man. I tried And you can get through Game of Thrones. Well, Game of Thrones is interesting, first of all. <laughs> okay, so first of all, you can just go. <laughs> but no, I, bro, like, the first time, I remember vividly, like, the first time 
Like, people were in my vicinity talking about Lord of the Rings. I was hanging on my homeboy. We were in college. And it was, like, us two and, like, two of his, like, friends that happened to be women. We were just kicking it. When we had the pizzas going, whatever, we would just, it was like a regular ass Saturday afternoon. I had like two or three slices of pizza. Like, as soon as they turned that shit on, like, I was the fuck out. Like, I was gone. And then I tried to watch it again, like, some other time. I fell asleep on it again, man. Like, ugh, I don't know, big dog. So, I think if you can convince I mean, me to watch those again, like, I that's think... That's how I, I... I've fallen asleep every time I've tried to watch Reservoir Dogs. Really? Yeah. Damn. That's kind of surprising. Uh, like, I... I don't know why, but every time I tried to do it, I just fell asleep. And this is a problem that an ex-boyfriend of mine had as well, where he was like, I could never watch Reservoir Dogs. I always fell asleep. And, like, I don't know if he, like, gave it to me. Like, I got it into my head, like, because he told me that one time, or if it was just a, like, thing that happened. But when it was briefly on Netflix, I fell asleep every time. Damn. So even a dude didn't like it. That's crazy. Well, maybe not crazy that he didn't, like, you know, one of y'all didn't like it, but to fall asleep on it, that's because that movie is pretty wild. Like, there's a there's a cop to get his ears chopped off, and like he's about to get set on fire. Like, there's like shootouts. Like, that sounds super interesting. Jesus, that sounds super. Interesting. Hang on, I don't remember if they have any Tarantino anything on Netflix right now. Uh, I think they have. They have like, the Hateful Eight, Eight. Glorious Bastards, and Kill Bill Volume One and Two. Which I should, I should watch all of those. You've seen all of those, though, right? Hold on, hold on. So, of those movies, which of you, of the Tarantino movies, other than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, what have you seen? Uh, Pulp Fiction. Okay, other than that. Damn. I think that might be it. Damn. Not even Jackie Brown? I didn't even know that was a movie. So oh! No. Bro, that's like Tarantino's best movie. That no okay, one you have to understand, credit. every man I've ever met has told me a different movie is the best Tarantino movie. No, most men tell you either it's Reservoir Dogs. No, no, I'm sorry. Most men either tell you is Pulp Fiction or Inglorious Bastards? Like, no, I'm I'm really confident. I'm the only person that told you Jackie Brown's the best Tarantino movie. No, Which but I'm, a lot of people also really love uh, Django Unchained or Grindhouse. Oh my God! It's like Django, Django, Django's good, but like they totally fuck up Django. Like the actual. So, oh yeah, damn, we never seen Django. I can't talk about. <laughs> I can't talk about it without ruining it. Um, is Jackie Brown on Netflix? No, yes. it's just The Hateful Eight and Glorious Bastards, Kill Bill One and Kill. Now you can't even stream Jackie Brown anymore. It used to be on Netflix. Oh. Yeah, so did Pulp Fiction and a couple other ones. They rotated through fairly often. Oh, Jackie Brown is on Prime. Well, 
I don't know. I don't even know the setup of Prime. Do you have to buy videos that you rent from Prime? Or? If it says free to members, then no. Okay. Do you have Hulu? No. Um, I can make it you connect with Hulu. Um, but um, it's on Jackie Brown's on Hulu and on Prime. Like Jackie Brown, I think is, I think it's. I don't know if you make. I don't know if you really may understand what I'm about to say next because because uh, Tarantino, the way he writes his characters, I think I think for Pulp Fiction specifically, like that movie was, it was so original and so out of the box, like people were blown away. But I think I think Tarantino has a problem with rounding out his characters. That people don't really, I guess, necessarily pay attention to or even necessarily may even care about. Jackie Brown was a script that he did not. It was it was based off of off of off of a book, so the original idea wasn't his. He like just directed the movie, mm-hmm. um, and I think it was called Punch Drunk Rum or something like that. And he directed the movie, whatever. And I think it's his best movie. Primarily because he doesn't have very much involvement with the characters. He just takes a good story with good characters and, like, develops the world out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it Pam Greer, Sam L. Jackson, um, Michael Keaton's in it, fucking De Niro's I, in it. I feel like all I've done today is be like, well, I haven't seen anything by anyone important. Moving on. <laughs> I'm a film journalist. Uh, which is, like... This is a thing that I feel really self-conscious about because, like, it is a largely male-dominated space. But, like, I grew up on a lot of genre movies. Like, it's a thing my my parents and I agreed on. Like, you know, I, I could explain to you for, like, hours and hours if I really needed to about why I think Nancy Myers is better than we give it credit for. Oh, and, and you know what? This is the space to do that. And so I'm sorry if if I a lot of I, a lot of things I say are in jest, but if I nah, do, it's 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 honestly not you I'm worried about because like we're what this is episode five, four or five. Good luck replacing me now. Like <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't dare replace the in. The irreplaceable cat Chinetti. Like good luck, good luck, fam. Uh, you know, because at this point we're kind of like, I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to revisit things, but like, I also one of the things that I've learned about being a fan of movies is that I, I I'm tired of apologizing. Good. You shouldn't have to apologize. And so, yeah, even like, actually, and that's actually one of the reasons why I love Jackie Brown a lot is because, well, one, Tarantino did not write her. Tarantino doesn't really do a good job writing women, but that character, Jackie Brown herself, is a very good fucking character and very deep mm-hmm. and very layered. And he just gives it a lot of finesse and a lot of shine. And, but that movie specifically about a woman who's kind of her back against the wall. There's a ton of men like trying to steer her wrong, 
but she's trying to navigate her way through it. And so, I mean, she, I mean, even your perspective, like you have, like, I know you, you like you said, like you dated older men, you have like older friends or whatever. But I know they put you in situations where like, they're talking about something and they make you feel dumb for like not watching uh, the fucking abstract movie from 1998 that everyone loves or whatever. But no, like no one should make you feel that way at all. Like, including myself, like no one should ever make you feel that way. So Yeah, um, I mean, a lot of my friends are more just excited to like have an opportunity to show me something, which I'm usually grateful for. It's more, I would say, like my fans, I'll put that in air quotes, but like people I don't know super well who I've connected with on the internet. Oh, okay. A lot of them are Comic Con people who are like, Wait, you mean you've never seen insert thing here? And I'm like Mm-hmm. Like, sorry, I've only seen Footlight Parade one time, but I was in <laughs> born in 1928, and that doesn't mean I don't know what movies are. Yeah. You know, and my, my expertise happens to lie in different areas than other people, and I'm at the point now where, like, I'm trying to be less self-conscious about what I am good at. Yes, and definitely good luck on that, man. Like, I know, obviously, people can't control... You know things that they feel self-conscious about. So I I say good luck. Understanding you know it's it's way more than just a compliment or whatever. But but no nah, man, like definitely don't let anyone make us make you feel self-confident or less than because you haven't watched fucking uh, Wes Anderson jerk off in a movie theater somewhere. So someone who's Watched a lot of Wes Anderson. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure there's some abstract Wes Anderson movie you haven't seen that some fanboy is dying to tell you about. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, that said, watch Grand Budapest Hotel, you cowards. Um, I have never watched Grand Budapest Hotel. See? Am I less of an American now? No. Where the fuck oh, is he from, anyway? Texas. Oh, yeehaw. <laughs> I mean, I'm over here like, all right, like, so am I less of a film journalist because I really, really liked the King's speech for years and years. And then one day I grew up and realized, Oh man, everything is wrong with this. Like, Oh hell no. Like we, everyone grew up on wild problematic shit. Like this. I'm not uh, even talking about problematic though. Like it's just a bad movie. Yeah. Like, bro, like it's, it's common. So fucking common. Like, but like also that movie was the movie that got me into movies. Fucking um, for some cra- reason, <laughs> uh, Crash. Like, do you, have you ever seen Crash before? No. Oh no, that's not a movie you need to be feel bad about. Like, it won like Best Picture or whatever, and I, I it came out when I, I'm I was in college, and like fucking Ludacris was in it. Fucking like <laughs> all these different fucking people were in it, and like. If you analyze that movie like years later, it's so ham handed. It's like so over the top that it's like, what the fuck are we really doing here? Like, this is one part where 
like um, this this woman, she's assaulted by a police officer in like the very beginning of the movie. And then at the end of the movie, he like ends up like saving her life from like a car crash. And mm-hmm. so we're, we're supposed to believe that, oh yeah, oh, he, by the way, when he was like assaulting this woman, he was super racist. He was like super, you know, he was, he was a cop. <laughs> so he was all these like terrible things. But then that end of the movie, he like saves her life. And so that's supposed to be that redeems him ultimately, which is not really the fucking case at all. So, so no, like it's, I mean, that's not technically problem. Well, it, it, borderlines are problematic, but it's just like bad filmmaking. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, so I'm definitely adding both of those to the um, letterbox list films discussed on. Yeah. Uh, we should do this sometime, and they are well. I'm I never seen King's Speech, but Crash is getting like a half star for me. So that King's is not. King's Speech I actually don't think is bad as as I like think it is, but like realizing that it wasn't as good as I think it is, if that yeah. makes sense, like was such a moment for me. Did it wreck your childhood? Not quite, but like it definitely was like a thing that I had to realize. And it uh, was like a, a hard thing to learn. I mean, it's pretty pretty high on there are great news. I have just realized that there are a bunch of pictures of me from miscellaneous comic cons <laughs> are you googling yourself <laughs> i'm on the same thing i was on before Jeez. wow i don't even know what comes up if you google my nickname on image uh but yeah so i think it's really Support people who who know things. Support people who know different things than you. All of it's fine. Oh, yes. All of it is fine, yes. It's fine. All right. So we... All right. So we, for our BCOM Rewind, we are not canceling the conversation. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. Uh, we are canceling Crash, and we are we are canceling people who judge people who don't watch particular movies. Yeah. Yes. Let let people like things. And so, in the future, we are going to be. Uh, we'll eventually cover. Well, I'll eventually watch Wendy. We'll get to Wendy. Yeah. Uh, and then. Maybe one day you'll get Jackie Brown. We'll talk about Jackie. I'll do my best. <laughs> I really will. It's it's really good. I like Jackie Brown. Um, anything else you want to cover before we head out of here? Uh, hmm. I'm trying to think. Uh, you know, I'll just I'll just go real simple because this episode is a little crazy. Sorry, it's been real chaotic <laughs> recently. Everything's crazy. Everything seems real scary. Just do your best to be nice to each other. 
and share movies with people and share art with people because you're excited to share it. Don't be a zealot. Don't be an asshole. Share things with people you care about because it's getting all nuts out there, folks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Um, I... My recommendation for people... Um, I don't know. I guess put yourself out there to do interesting shit. Um, this weekend, I I went to like an art show, which was really fun. Um, it was like a this thing in Tarantino, this like local art house that uh, had like installations um, mm-hmm. in the actual art house, and like the the woman that created it, it was uh, three different women who did installations. And mm-hmm. they, they like, talked about their inspirations, like, their careers as artists. And it was really fun. It was, like, a really good time. I'm really glad I went. Um, so, yeah, I guess my recommendation is just put yourself out there to do interesting shit for a change. But, you know, <laughs> while you're out there, wash your hands. Yes, wash your hands and wash your ass. You never know when the invisible man's going to want to eat it. <laughs> you can't see him coming. <laughs> you can see me coming. Can't Surprise! <laughs> uh, but seriously, folks, uh, watch things and share things with people because you're excited to, and put yourself out there more, and uh, just be be good to people. Uh, if you want to be good to me, you can find me all over the internet. At cat k a t underscore chinetti c h i n e t t i or Catherine k a t h r y n dash chinetti c h i n e t t i on Venmo. Uh, I can be found at showing my love s h o w n. Oh my god, I hate when I have the small fucking name, man. S H O W I N M A D L O V. It's not my fucking name. Like I, I was not given this name at birth, and I have to spell this fucking nickname I created for myself. But if you find if you search that, I'm I'm very aware. You can catch me out here in these East Streets. So uh we should do this again sometime? You should do this again sometime, yes. Alright. Man, we went all over the places. I want girlfriend shit. What makes me want to get close to someone and snuggle? Fear. Salutations. I'm Melisette. And on a frightful fret with Melisette, I read classic horror stories combining audiobooks and audio drama into a podcast. Come away with me into the darkness and let me make your ears tingle with a sensation of terror. A Frightful Fret with Melisette. Available everywhere podcasts are and find us at ourfrightfulfret.net. Don't forget. This podcast stars Catherine Schmitty and Marcus Robinson. It is executive produced by Kellen Conley and Eric Greenley under Hyphen Podcast Group in conjunction with It's Like a Podcast or whatever. It is produced and written by Catherine Schnetti and Marcus Robinson. This is a Hyphen Podcast Group podcast. Thanks for listening.
We should do this again sometime.